the European nations of Poland and Russia have had a very complicated relationship throughout history. The earliest recorded conflict between the two took place in the year 981, when Vladimir Sviatoslavich, the Grand Prince of the Kievan Rus, conquered early Polish villages. In 1018, a series of conflicts took place between Grand Prince Yaroslav the Wise and Polish King Boleslav the Brave. Soon afterwards, the already rocky relationship between the Poles and the Kievan Rus was further complicated by religion. See, the Poles had previously adopted Christianity from Rome, while the Kievan Rus adopted Christianity from Constantinople. In 1054, the Eastern and Western Churches of Christianity split in the Great Schism. As a result, most Poles adhered to the Roman Catholic Church, while the Kievan Rus adhered to the Eastern Orthodox Church. The two groups continued to wage war on each other, but they occasionally banded together against outside invaders. For example, in the 13th century, the Mongols invaded the lands owned by the Kievan Rus and the Poles. The two groups worked together and were eventually able to repel the invasion. In the 15th century, the Poles would go on to form the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, while the Kievan Rus formed the Grand Duchy of Moscow. These two kingdoms fought several wars, despite many attempts to create alliances between the two. Then, in 1721, the Russian Empire was established. The Russian Empire would go on to cover the entirety of Eastern Europe and North Asia, and in 1795, the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth collapsed and was annexed by Russia. After over a hundred years of Russian rule, the Second Polish Republic gained independence in 1918. For most of the mid to late 20th century, Poland was in the sphere of influence of the Soviet Union. In 1947, the Polish People's Republic was established. The Polish People's Republic operated under a single-party Marxist-Leninist government. During the Cold War, it was regarded as a satellite state in the Soviet sphere of influence. Similarly to other Soviet satellite states, Communist Poland had a notoriously brutal secret police force, the Ministry of Public Security. However, unlike other Eastern Bloc states, Poland actually had many notable accomplishments under Communist rule. The Polish People's Republic saw rapid industrialization and urbanization, universal health care, low crime rates, and the elimination of illiteracy. The nation was also able to quickly rebuild the city of Warsaw, which had been decimated during World War II. Despite these successes, many Poles took issue with the firm grip the Polish United Workers' Party held on the nation. Massive protests took place throughout the 1980s, and the Ministry of Public Security often responded with violence. Over 20,000 Polish dissidents are believed to have been killed during the rule of the communist regime. Eventually, as communism fell in the Soviet Union and East Germany, the Polish government saw the writing on the wall that it was time to restore civil liberties to its citizens. In 1989, Poland held its first free election in over 50 years. Tadeusz Mazowiecki was elected as 
Poland's first non-communist prime minister since 1948. After this, it seemed like the newly democratic Polish and Russian governments would be able to cooperate. However, since the 1990s, Vladimir Putin has been consolidating power in Russia. Following the Russian annexation of Crimea in 2014, as many as 80% of Polish citizens fear a future conflict with Russia. But why does this complex international relationship matter, you ask? Well, I left out a very important chunk of Polish history, World War II. World War II saw a rare instance of Polish and Russian collaboration, and this allowed a brave Polish soldier to conduct one of the most daring reconnaissance missions in history. However, Russian influence would go on to harm this particular soldier. I'm going to tell you all about him, right now, on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 35th episode of this podcast, and I'm glad you've stuck around for this long. Special thank you to Patreon subscribers Sodak, Zach, and Tom. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. Witold Pilecki was born on May 13, 1901, to a Polish family in the Republic of Karelia, within the Russian Empire. From a young age, Pilecki was fascinated with the military, especially spying and scouting. After moving to the town of Vilno in 1910, Pilecki joined the Zvajek Harcerstwa Polskiego, or Polish Scouting and Guiding Association. In 1917, the monarchy of the Russian Empire was overthrown in the Russian Revolution. The Union of Soviet Socialist Republics was established with a Marxist-Leninist government. Shortly after this, the nation pulled out of World War I, leaving the Allied powers desperate for help. In spite of this, the Allies would go on to win the war in 1918. In the aftermath of the war, the German Empire's land was seized and divided into several new nations. That same year, the Second Polish Republic gained independence from the USSR. The ZHP, which Pilecki was a member of, was allied with the anti-communist white faction against the Bolshevik red faction. In 1919, the USSR invaded Poland, starting the Polish-Soviet War. Pilecki fought in this war, leading a cavalry unit in the Kiev offensive. During this time, he fought in the First Battle of Grodno, which the Soviets would go on to win. Despite this loss, Poland would go on to win a massive upset victory at the Battle of Warsaw, which Pilecki fought in, in 1920. 
Poland later won the Polish-Soviet War, and in 1921, the Peace of Riga was signed, and Poland gained control of present-day Western Belarus and Western Ukraine. Following the end of the Polish-Soviet War, Witold Pilecki obtained a high school equivalency certificate. He began attending college classes in the hopes of becoming a military officer. He also enrolled at the Faculty of Fine Arts in Vilno, but he had to drop out in 1924 for financial reasons, as well as so he could take care of his ill father. In 1926, Pilecki became a second lieutenant in the Polish army. In 1931, he married Maria Ostrowska, with whom he would later have two children. During this time, Poland was at peace, so Pilecki's duties were primarily to assist his local community and train new soldiers. In 1938, he was awarded the Silver Cross of Merit for his devotion to his community. The next year, Poland was again invaded by the Soviet Union. However, this time the Soviets were not alone. The Soviet Union had previously signed the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact with Nazi Germany, and in 1939, the Soviets invaded eastern Poland, while the Germans invaded western Poland. In an attempt to repel the invasion, Pilecki led a battalion in the Battle of Piotrkov Trybunalski. Over the course of the battle, Pilecki and his men destroyed several German tanks and shot down a Luftwaffe plane but the Poles just couldn't compete with the combined manpower of the Germans and the Soviets. The Polish army was completely overrun, and in less than a month, Poland was annexed by Germany and the Soviet Union. The highest-ranking general in the Polish army ordered all Polish troops to retreat to France. However, Pilecki defied this order, and instead stayed in Poland with the intent of starting an underground resistance. In 1940, Pilecki, along with Jean Vlodarskiv and Władysław Sermaki, established the Tania Armia Polska, or Secret Polish Army. The first mission of the TAP was to infiltrate a then-little-known internment camp in Nazi-occupied Poland. The name of this camp? Auschwitz-Birkenau. Although this may seem absurd today, very little was known about the Auschwitz extermination camp in 1940. It was widely believed to be a bare-bones internment camp similar to the camps that held Japanese Americans in the western U.S. Many German soldiers in the Wehrmacht didn't even know the true extent of the Holocaust. So it seemed like it would be a simple task to get inside Auschwitz, gather information that could be used against Germans, organize a resistance, escape the camp, and be home in time for pierogies and kielbasa. Because of this, Vitold Pilecki eagerly accepted this mission. On the night of September 19, 1940, Pilecki deliberately went outside in Warsaw during a routine roundup of Polish civilians. He was captured by German forces and brutally tortured for two days before being sent to Auschwitz under the false alias of Tomasz Szedawinski. 
Pilecki spent the next three years in Auschwitz gathering information and transmitting it via shortwave radio to the Polish government in exile, located in London. What Pilecki witnessed in Auschwitz was completely against the perception that many people held about the camp. It turned out that this seemingly small and legal internment camp was a gigantic, heavily guarded, extremely efficient death camp. Pilecki told the Polish government in exile of gas chambers, horrifying medical experimentation, and crematoria that could incinerate thousands of bodies a day. His reports were the first comprehensive record of a Holocaust death camp that an allied nation ever obtained. While in Auschwitz, Pilecki also organized a resistance movement and distributed food, foreign newspapers, and combat training to camp inmates. Pilecki's ultimate goal was for the resistance to liberate Auschwitz with the assistance of Allied troops. However, when Pilecki asked the Polish government in exile to share his reports with other Allied nations, the government refused. Due to their lack of knowledge about Auschwitz, they believed that Pilecki was lying or exaggerating about the camp's conditions. Not only did the Polish government in exile's disbelief of the atrocities at Auschwitz throw a wrench into the plans to liberate the camp, it left Pilecki trapped in the camp without an escape plan. So, he had to improvise. On the night of April 26, 1943, Pilecki was assigned to a night shift at the camp bakery. He and two other inmates overpowered the sleeping SS guards before tying them up and leaving them in a barricaded woodshed. The three trekked east through the night before finally reaching an underground TAP base. Witold Pilecki spent much of the rest of the war attempting to convince the Polish government in exile to publish his findings. In 1944, he fought in the Warsaw Uprising against Nazi Germany. The German army was able to suppress the uprising, and Pilecki was captured and sent to the POW camp Oflog 7A. During this time, U.S. Army troops, led by Fort Lee, New Jersey native James Van Fleet, began liberating concentration camps and death camps on the Western Front. Soon afterwards, the Red Army of the USSR followed suit, liberating camps throughout occupied Poland, including Auschwitz. In 1945, Red Army troops liberated Oflog 7A, and Pilecki was freed. Shortly after his liberation, however, Pilecki was arrested by the Soviet-backed Polish Ministry of Public Security for his collaboration with the Polish government in exile. In 1947, he was put on trial in a kangaroo court for espionage and, quote, conspiring with foreign imperialism. Pilecki was tortured throughout the course of the trial in an attempt to extract a confession from him. Eventually, he was found guilty on all charges and sentenced to death. On May 25, 1948, Vitold Pilecki was executed by firing squad at Mokotov Prison in Warsaw, Poland. He was 47 years old. Pilecki's body was buried in an unmarked grave, and for the next half a century, he was smeared by the communist Polish government as an enemy of the state. 
Since the fall of communism in Poland in 1989, attempts have been made to restore Pilecki's image. Several monuments and statues have been devoted to Pilecki, and in 2006, 58 years after his execution, Pilecki was posthumously awarded the Order of the White Eagle, the highest military honor in Poland. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I certainly enjoyed writing it. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.